This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain market continues to focus on South America's weather. Progressive ag marketing market analyst Brian Strumman said traders are watching Argentina's crop conditions. And the bigger question is, will rains help that crop? Still, maybe 10% of their corn has yet to be planted, uh, so that's that's uh, early in the early stages. Uh, you look at uh, the soybeans; uh, they're maybe a little farther along. So uh, that'll be a big question. Uh, certainly, rain is going to help, but how much uh, is the unknown? Saw a pretty choppy trading week in the grain markets. Uh, Country futures market analyst Daryl Holiday said the market seemed to run out of sellers, allowing prices to move higher on Tuesday. You just got low enough, you just exhausted selling. So it's not an overwhelming amount of buying. It's just you kind of exhausted the amount of people need to sell. The funds are still massively record long soybean meal. That's why I like to see, well, we see when it, when if they liquidate, where that thing is unfortunately probably over. But yes, I think at this point in time, they went back, closed some gaps on the bean charts, and so it's just at this point short covering and or lack of selling because of the fact that uh, that you you just. You exhausted a lot of it yesterday. Bauer trading market analyst Ben Cash expects the soybean market to struggle now as Brazil's harvest ramps up. It's only going to pick up steam as we move along in the calendar here. So, um, you know, these type of rallies here from a producing producer standpoint, you know, we're back above 15 uh, for the time being here on March beans. And, uh, you know, that could be a pretty decent price, uh, you know, if, get into March and that and this crop. We don't have any harvest issues uh, there in Brazil. We could be quite a bit lower there. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose thinks that Brazilian harvest was weighing on the soybeans ahead of the weekend. We're going into a harvesting weekend in northern Brazil, so harvest pressure coming at us. Um, we are seeing uh, producers there uh, more interested in selling off the combine than they have been the last few years, particularly with Argentina dry. So uh, that's anchoring the beans a little bit uh, here on the close. Saw a two-sided cattle market this week as well. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoops says packer demand does remain very strong. We saw the inspections numbers for cattle slaughter today, 127,000 head killed today. And that brings our week-to-date slaughter, 490,000 head. That's 9,000 more than last week. And puts us back on pace to do 450, maybe even up to 455 uh, kill, and that's a that's a tremendous number. If we can kill that amount of cattle, uh, Packers really going to need to be buying cash uh, supplies this week, and that means that we'll probably see higher prices. And that Packer demand remains strong even in the face of lower cutout values. Yeah, even with, uh, with the lower cutouts. Um, Packers still have decent margins to work with, over $70 a head uh, profits, so they're still uh, still working with some decent margins in here. It's uh, just kind of a, can we keep up this big slaughter pace? And Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo says livestock traders were also unwinding some of those spread positions. Well, this is an interesting dynamic because the April hogs are starting to really find some support, and I think that's due to, again, the spread trade. We're, we've had a very strong cattle hog spread trade the better part of this month. I think we're unwinding that, and I think that goes back to those weekly export sales that we saw yesterday. Uh, those were very, very strong, and that and the feeder cattle market has also been able to turn higher and get, get back above that 182.50 level and actually today's low 182.70. So fat cattle are finding the support they need from the feeders and the hogs, which they've been looking for all week as we continue to watch for that cash trade. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. 
Gelby Imbalancer. Smart, reliable, profitable, added fertility, increased cow herd longevity, moderate mature cow size, and heavier weaned calves are easier to achieve with Gelby Imbalancer Genetics. Be sure to visit www.gelby.org to learn more about Gelby Genetics that work for the commercial producer. Join the North Dakota Gelby Association for the 2023 North Dakota Golden Rule Sale Sunday, January 29th at Kiss Livestock in Mandan starting at 2 o'clock. Don't miss the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, and wheat. We do that digging by talking with numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors in the North Harvest region or wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on this Red River Farm Network station. The dry bean scene brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum kicked off testimony in the state legislature Friday on a bill designed to expand animal agriculture in the state. Burgum downplayed questions about the siting of livestock operations and zoning. As North Dakotans, I can't believe that, that Minnesotans and Iowans and Nebraskans and South Dakotas can figure it out, and we can't. I don't think we're, I think, I think we, if we're going to be prideful about how good we are at agriculture, I think we, I think we can figure that out and cross that, solve, solve those problems if they exist. Bergam advocated for the expansion of livestock and poultry operations during his State of the State address and continued on that theme at that hearing on Friday. I don't know why we're fighting about this in our state because it's a, uh, we're protecting the things we're concerned about. You cannot do corporate farming under this law. You farmers can do animal agriculture under this law and that's great. Again, rural communities, rural schools and, and, and our family farms. Differences between the policy and promotion sides of the North Dakota corn industry were on display in the House Ag Committee at a hearing Friday morning. Bill was introduced calling for the North Dakota Corn Growers Association to receive 50% of corn checkoff funding for policy development and corn grower education. Andrew Mauck leads the grower group and said the organization is at a crossroads. On farm beer year, years like they are now, um, a lot of this stuff is changing very fast and um, we need to respond and um, adequately um, educate um, legislators or um, the growers of, of our great state um, and with that ever-changing um, just to have that uh, funds in the structure um, know that that's there that we can do the things that we are we are after. North Dakota Corn Council Executive Director Gene Henning testified in opposition to the proposal. I am concerned with the fact that half of the checkoff will continue to be subject to extensive financial controls as it should be but the other half will be free to be spent at the, at the association's discretion without the same financial controls. Respectfully, Vice Chairman Belts and House Ag Committee members, I ask that you vote no on HB 1153. Please let the council contract with programming that the association brings forward rather than this forced financial relationship in this legislation. Henning reminded lawmakers about a decision by the Attorney General's office in the legislature in, 19, in uh, 2017 to provide a financial separation between the North Dakota Corn Growers and the Corn Council. North Dakota Farmers Union is opposed to House Bill 1371. President Mark Watney said it will allow any corporation to own cattle feedlots, swine, dairy, and poultry farms. This bill would allow meat packers such as Smithfields, a Chinese company, and a JBS, a Brazilian company, to own cattle feedlots 
and hog barns. These same companies own 80-some percent of the beef slaughter and have been signed up for price-fixing issues. They've removed themselves from the open cry market, causing farmers and ranchers, our family farmers and ranchers, get paid less for what they sell into the marketplace. Due to budget concerns, North Dakota State University is scaling down from seven academic colleges to five. Vice President of Agricultural Affairs Greg Lardy says the merger plan does not impact the College of Agriculture, Food Systems and Natural Resources. The Ag Systems Management major, though, is being eliminated. That is one that uh, we did, uh, unfortunately, as we looked at enrollments and needing to make some changes here. Um, you know, just did decide that we would uh, need to teach that program out or phase it out over time here. Um, and it's really a function of enrollment. Um, unfortunately, the enrollment in that major has declined substantially over the last several years. And so as we evaluated the situation with the budget cuts we needed to make, um, that, that was one major that we decided we needed to, to phase out of. Let's look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Minnesota Farm Business Management works with farmers to achieve their financial and business goals. Helping instruct farmers how to keep accurate income expense records, production records, and all records needed for tax preparation, inventories, to help uh, producers figure out their cost of production. Visit agcentric.org to find an instructor near you. Online options available as well. Minnesota Farm Business Management. Providing play-by-play -play for the business of agriculture. The Red River Farm Network. Unless our corn exports pick up uh, appreciably, and I don't see that happening. The farmer is, at the moment, uh, just not engaging on the cash sales side. We traded as low as $77.59. This is the first time we've been below $80 a barrel in uh, about seven weeks. Numbers are available anywhere. But when you want to know why the market is moving up or down, agriculture's first choice is the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Much of Brazil will continue to see regular rounds of showers and thunderstorms over the next two weeks, supporting crop development but disrupting soybean harvest at times. World Weather Incorporated says exception is far southern Brazil and Paraguay, where some crops may become stressed by a lack of rain and soil moisture. Regular rains are expected across much of Argentina through next week, which is expected to help some late planted crops, while other crops have been permanently damaged by hot, dry weather. U.S. Commodities President Dan Rose says the La Nina weather pattern seems to be changing. And I think when you look at it, the ocean temperatures at the equator, no doubt, are uh, warmer. Uh, you know, we see that personally versus the last two years. And that's the sign that La Nina is weakening. Uh, it's just uh, how quick can you uh, get that to die and then switch over to an El Nino. So I, I think going forward it's going to be pretty popular uh, for analysts to be talking about that. And I think you can tell in the U.S. the uh, drought continues to shrink. And, you know, if there's a weather pattern change, do we take how much risk premium out of the market? La Nina continues to drag on, impacting agriculture. Nutrient operational meteorologist Andrew Pritchard says farmers are ready for a change in this weather pattern. We thought it was going to fade last year. It, it kind of psyched us out and, and made its way back in here. And we've dealt with a third straight winter season with that. And again, that's led to dry conditions in some areas that are tired of dryness. And it's cold in some areas that are tired of cold. So... As we look forward, we are actually seeing La Nina pull back. 
Pritchard, who spoke at the Northern Pulse Growers Association's annual meeting, says the weather pattern is changing. As La Nina pulls back, we'll see more like we've seen over the last one to two weeks. I know we didn't get hit really squarely here across the northern high plains, but that winter storm that made its way through parts of Colorado into Nebraska, uh, Iowa just last week, that's a sign of maybe things to come here as we go through the rest of the winter into the spring. At the KMOTA Expo, Dakota agronomy partner sales agronomist Zach Meal says while it's nice to see snow on the ground, it will still be important to see early moisture after planting this spring after such a dry fall in 2022. Yeah, if we don't get our early season moisture, um, that's kind of devastating for our trade area up here. I mean, we rely on that because generally speaking, more times than not, we are pretty dry come fall time. Meal expects most growers to stick to rotations for this year's planting season. I think we're going to see more of a stick to guys' rotation. Uh, I, th I think the wheat market's playing a little bit right now, so there could be a little bit of acre shifting between wheat and soybeans right now, and there could be some indecision there. But for the most part, guys are going to stick to rotations. And cases of white mold popped up for dry bean growers last spring with the moist, cool conditions. NDSU plant pathologist Michael Wunsch says coarser spray droplets can penetrate thicker foliage better. You need to get a coarser droplet to get inside. And when I say coarser, uh, that typically means a medium droplet if you're at 80 to 90 percent closure. And typically means a coarse droplet if, if you're you know, at or very near closure. Uh, and that would be a coarse droplet with T-jet nozzles. Uh, and you learn what pressure to use and what nozzles to use at which driving speed with, uh, you look at your T-Jet catalog, you look at the charts there, and you just, uh, you know, pair, uh, look at the driving speed you're going and pair the, the nozzle and the pressure that'll give you the desired droplet size. For the upcoming year, Wunch is focusing on white mold management for pintos and kidney beans. Uh, on pinto beans for white mold, our big our big thing here is uh, following up on our, on our droplet size work, and we're doing the same with the kidneys. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Even when a crop is insured through standard insurance options, it may not always be enough. A supplemental coverage option or enhanced coverage option can provide extra protection. SEO and ECO are area-based policies that could ensure yields as high as 95%. To find out if an SEO or ECO policy is right for you, contact the insurance team at Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Egg Country. Focused on ag. Focused on you. Check out the Job Opportunities tab on the Red River Farm Network website. R.D. Offit Farms is looking for a team lead supporting daily farm operations at Lisbon. R.D. Offit Farms and Syngenta also looking for three agronomy interns. Dakota Ingredients of Grand Forks has a position working on origination and grower services. There's plenty more. Find all the jobs posted on the Job Opportunities and Ag tab on the Red River Farm Network website. That's rrfn.com.